Football cards, collecting and investing. We do it every week here on the Fantasy Football Card Quest. His name is Andy. My name is Carter. A little bit later, the QB market is heating up like absolutely crazy. I'm going to give you how I feel about a certain play of the week. But Andy, right now, I want to talk about an actual experience that I had personally, and it set our Discord pretty much on fire, right? About the discussion between scarcity and grade you see it in the little bottom scrolly thing if you're watching on youtube or if you're just listening to this um we are going to put up a little graphic on the screen but i'm going to explain it to you as a buyer so andy first off good to see you today and let me ask you this andy whenever you're buying a card what is something you're looking for does a card need to be an absolute perfect grade or are you looking for a more scarce card I'm typically looking for scarcity. Uh, I'm a big proponent of, of buying raw, selling raw. And, and I feel that I can target scarcity at a better price point than I can a PSA 10, BGS 9.5. Those 10s are super rare, SGC 10s. Um, I feel that, that I can, like if, it, if it's a quarterback, right? It's one of the more elite quarterbacks. I do tend to look at their base cards, like base rated rookie, base prism. And I, I look for the grade. Then I start to grade chase and see if I can get a deal on a 10 because I know how liquid those PSA 10s are, especially with like a rated rookie logo or a prism brand behind it. But especially on skill position players, I am really looking for scarcity at my uh, my price point, my sweet entry price point that I, that I think is good depending on the scarcity. So I'm a Tyron Matthew collector. He's one of my favorite players of all time. So it is a little bit different that we're going to be talking about a defensive player, but I think the same logic can apply to skill position players. And I think a lot of people go through this, no matter the sport that they collect, do I go for the more scarce card or do I go for the better grade? So for those that are looking on the YouTube screen, um, these are three cards right here that ended at the same time. So one of these cards is a Tyron Matthew Select Silver Sticker Autographed Rookie Card numbered to 99, and it is an SGC 10 Auto 9.5 grade, okay? Now, the middle card here is a Tyron Matthew SGC, once again, both graded 10, okay? The card's graded a 10, uh, the autograph is graded a 10, and this is a Blue Wave Tops rookie. Okay, so one of the last years of Tops. I believe Tops ended in 2015. And then the bottom card here, Andy, is a Tyron Matthew card numbered to 25, the rare Tops Black Refractor SGC 9 grade. All three of these have a 10 autograph grade. And what's really fascinating for those that are listening, okay, and now if you're if you're watching, you've already seen this. But if you are listening to this, the rarest card went for the lowest amount by a considerable margin. OK, the number to 99 card, the most po popular card here, um, a populated card, excuse me, seventy one dollars. OK, the number to 50 card with the perfect 1010 grade went for. $150. And Andy, you are blown away by this because you're like me. I want the most scarce card. Okay. The most scarce card went for only 46. So once again, 71, 150, 46. Okay. So Andy, the one thing you can deduct from this is this. Okay. Very important fact that I'm leaving out here. All three of these cards ended at the same exact time. So there wasn't a change in time. One of these cards ended at 10.15, another at 10.16, and the other, I believe, at like 10.18. Andy, this blows me away. This absolutely blows me away that the rarest card went for by far the lowest. Uh, which one did you get, Carter? I got the rarest card. <laughs> nice. So as a Tyrant Matthew collector, now, a year ago when my funds were a little bit better, I would have just gotten all three of these because I am a Tyrant Matthew super collector. But as someone who has been wanting a black refactor of the Tops variation 
whether it's an autograph or or not, I I really wanted this card. So I was ready, Andy. You know what my final top bid was? It was one. It was like one seventy five. Like I was wow. going to make sure because what I saw was the other cards were were like the blue wave was already at a hundred. And this card right here was at 32 all the way up to the very last second. And the top card was uh, what was well over 50 bucks towards the end as well. So, Andy, what this tells me is we are unlike the masses. People prefer that 10-10 grade or even a 10-9-5 grade compared to a 10-9 grade. And that just blows me away. It really does. Yeah, man, there's something about buying graded cards that 10-10 or just seeing the 10 on the grade is just so satisfying. I'll also say that it's probably something to do with the bling effect here right? because this blue one has that beautiful wave design. And I'm a sucker. Like just looking at this, aesthetically speaking, that blue wave refractor looks better than the black one at the bottom. Um, I, I think that design, it almost it adds a texture to it. It adds depth to it. It adds just like, I don't know, just a whole nother element of aesthetics that make it pop. Plus, it's got a 10-10, and it's just um, it's, it's very appealing. That's very, very appealing. And then the select one, the select one is the first year of select. So that has a little bit of an additional yeah. bonus to it, a little bit of additional collection value there. Uh, and it's also got that massive rookie card logo in the top right, which makes it uh, very appealing as well. I do think the eye factor does play a role here. Um, but I don't know. I, Andy, this still just blows me away that the rarest card. Okay. And I know all three of these are rare, right? Number to 99, number to 50, number to 25. You would think it's flipped, right? Because if I were you, Andy, and I were just personally looking at the scans of the card. I couldn't tell which one was a 10 and which one were a 9. Let's just say we were to block the grade out, okay? Could you, Andy, look at the scans of the card and tell which one's a 10, which one's a 9.5, and which one's a 9? No, no. I honestly, I could not. Um, and I think it's it comes down to fine, fine details on the surface on the edges that you literally in a lot of cases have to get one of those lighted uh, microscopes or a magnifying glass out and look at those details, look at it at different angles to see if there's any blemishes, whether it's a dimple, a depression in the card or something that's sticking up off the top. You, Those are the kind of things that separate nines from tens. So look, what does all of this mean? What is our main deductions from this? For me, Andy, you know, this worked out for me really well. Like, I thought part of the reason why I didn't play for the other cards is because I thought the Black Refractor was going to go for so much. I really did. I thought, you know how you know how auctions go? If it was sitting at 30, I was like, okay, this is going to shoot up. I got to make sure I put a top bid in the, in the 150 range. And then when it ended for 46, I was like, well, I should just go on ahead and just get the other ones because, you know, I feel like I'm getting a semi-deal. But I was like, no, I, at some point, maybe one of these other two will pop back up. The Black Refractor, just by simple math, is less likely to pop back up, right? Just because there are fewer of them. For me, Andy, does the grade matter? Yeah, like all my Tyron Matthew rookie cards are PSA 10, right? This is actually my first ever SGC slab I've bought off eBay. And, um, but like the slab doesn't matter to me, the card does. And this gets into a subjective versus objective kind of argument, right? If the black refractor, let me ask anyone in the comment section below, I should have done this a little bit earlier. Let us know what you think about this. I find this to be fascinating. I really do. Because it could be that. Some of the other Tyron Matthew buyers didn't see these other cards, but I highly doubt it. I, wouldn't you say, Andy, that if someone buying Tyron Matthew cards, they probably saw these other two, right? Wouldn't you think? Yeah, absolutely. Tyron Matthew cards, we, I don't know how many big Tyron Matthew collectors are out there, but let's just say this was Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Josh Allen. If their three cards were ending at the same time, I would guess 
for me, whenever I'm looking at a card that's ending soon and I like the card, I always click the name of the buyer or the seller and I see if they have anything else. I Don't you do the same thing, Andy? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I love to mine because especially if I'm finding one thing at value from them, the chances of me finding something else are pretty good. Plus, then I could work out a deal, maybe get some exactly. a volume discount or consolidated shipping. Yeah. So for, for my channel, this actually helped me out big time. Um but I know this is a completely separate – actually, I'll save that for, for Hobby Tip of the Week just to stay on topic here. But for me, Andy, like – and this is really big for me. I like the scarcity so much more than the grade here. And if I were looking at a card, I am not a super grader. I don't work at PSA. I am not – card collector too or or dci or anyone i'm not able to point out every little blemish or kurt's card care or whatever i i'm that's just i'm not an expert at looking at centering or anything like that i don't have the little protractor thing whatever i feel like i'm i'm, I'm like a like a construction worker now with like the you know what i'm talking about the little uh <laughs> 60 40 grading tool or whatever but for me uh, this gets into subjective versus objective. The subjective grade of a card outweighed the objective scarcity, right? We know there's only 25 of these cards. We know there's only 50 of these cards. We know there's only 99 of these cards, right? Now, how many of them are in the wild? How many of them are sitting in packs? How many of them are sitting in collections? We don't know, right? We This all 25 black refractors could be out there. This could just be the only blue wave that's in existence. We don't know those things. Um, but the truth here for me, Andy, is I I don't get why somebody's subjective grade, SGC subjective grade of these cards, outweighed the objective scarcity. Now, I understand the grade itself is an objective measurement, but it's based off of someone's subjective viewpoint of the card where when a card is numbered that's how many of those cards that are out there and to me that is why i find in this example uh, that's why i'm just blown away by this i really am yeah it's it's hard to find other good examples i do have a similar example with cd lamb let's see um, it i knew so you would find it i knew it <laughs> So I was looking for a Justin Jefferson originally because I found a uh, Justin Jefferson 10-9 uh, blue optic contenders on-card auto that sold for uh, $300 and then a raw one sold for almost $300, this one right here. But if you look at this CD Lamb, the CD Lamb is numbered out of 50 here. It's an orange contenders optic uh, prism rookie ticket auto 10-10, $430. Now, I tried finding a nine, couldn't find a nine of this card, obviously numbered out of 50. is pretty rare, but we do have tr recent transactions of this card selling raw for $200 and then another one that sold for $230. So, I mean, it's it's about it's about half of what the 1010 grade is. So not as much as you might think. Like there used to be an equation that a raw card was about a fifth of what a 10 is. Now, of course, it's a PSA 10. Right. And, and this is an SGC 10, but still to get a 10, 10 is, is very difficult, and, but the card is still very rare. So let's see these again. All right. So for those listening, the, a CD lamb raw, that's, that's in April. So scroll up, scroll up a little bit here, Andy. So that one, okay. So July, so 199 for that raw out of 50. And what was uh, the other one right there? Um, Okay, 430. So the 1010 did did help that card a lot. Yeah. Now let's take a look at these two cards right here. The CD Lamb 1010 for 430 compared to the Justin Jefferson uh out of 50. That's very interesting right here. I find these two to be fascinating, Andy. One Justin Jefferson 109, blue number to 75 on card auto uh for three hundred dollars. And CD Lamb, who's not as good of a player, you get the 1010. That's out of 50, so 430. It's pretty interesting there. It is pretty interesting, especially when you go and look at uh, what Justin Jefferson's recent transactions were. So this card I actually found out sold um, sold looks like a couple times 
it looks like this same card for 300 maybe this was a flip from 300 uh to 500 there this transaction was on july 10th but if i go back and look like this one is the same card but psa 9 auto 10 for 405 this was june 27th and this one was numbered out of 99 so not quite the same but here's the raw one right here for 300 so this is when i'm like okay wait a minute so this is why I, I've typically said that if you're going to grade your card, you're going for a 10. If you get a 9, it's especially if it's not even even PSA. Look, I mean, PSA is helping a little bit here, but not a whole lot. I mean, what is it going to cost you about $50 to grade the card, the time spent and everything? It's a little bit of profit because you come back a 9. Even if you're coming back an SGC 9, it's pretty much the same as the card raw. Right. Wow. So basically, the big takeaway from this is if your card gems, it matters. If you get 10-10 from SGC or if you get PSA 10 or if you get the rare BGS 10, but obviously, as we talked about last week, they, they've lost a little bit of relevance. I'm still, I still love the BGS lab, but that's not here nor there. It, it's crazy. It, it's absolutely crazy how much that 1010 10 matters, especially now that PSA 1010s. And for those that don't know, let's just say you're new to grading, right? You can get just the card graded and the autograph authenticated or whatever. But what a lot of collectors covet now is a card grade and an autograph grade. And if you 10, 10 there, Andy, just based on your research, how much does that matter? And I mean, it is special because I think the autograph grade is even even more important on sticker autographs because the players got to keep their entire signature on the autograph. What I found the recent submission I did to CSG is you're going to get automatically docked. You're not going to get a 10 on the autograph if that player's signature is not complete on the sticker. And, and so that's something really important to take into consideration when you're looking at sticker autographs versus on-card autographs. You have a little bit more leeway when it comes to on-card autographs. Now they're looking at the smudges. They're comparing it to other autographs that players done on card. So you could be like, there's a conversation we had about Elijah Moore because he's literally got like 50 different autographs. No two autographs from him look the same. So really? it's probably a grading nightmare, you know, trying to, you know, grade his autograph because one, he's like a very clean cursive E more. And then another one, it's like a total scribble mess. And it's just, yeah, he's got like 50 different variations of his signature. Tyron Matthew does as well. He's got the old school TM32 and now uh, some of his other prism autos are his full name. So it's it's very interesting, you know, once you get into like different autographs and that. But obviously to lead off today's show, and I think this applies to just any position, really. I know we, you know, we didn't talk a whole lot about quarterbacks there, but for me, and, and this is just me talking, okay. If I'm my, my goal is to get a number Joe Burrow rookie ticket auto. Now I know it's going to take me years to get to that level, but that's what I want. I want to make sure that thing is numbered. I I, I do. The numbered just adds something to the card. It just does. Like you know, if you're watching this on YouTube, you see in the background faintly that Josh Allen numbered card. His autograph is absolutely beautiful. It it. It matters to me compared to like the Justin Herbert Prism card that you see uh, to your right of that is just, you know, it's just a card, right? And I know Joe Burrow's rookie ticket auto is beautiful in any shape, form, or fashion, and his autograph is really consistent. But I want I want that I want that rookie ticket auto to be numbered. I do. I think that matters to me. I don't care if it's a PSA eight. I would rather a PSA eight numbered compared to just uh, a PSA nine or PSA 10 of just anything else, because I just think it just adds something to the card when there is a stamp on there of scarcity. Um, and obviously, you know, I could go look at pop counts to see how scarce a card really is. Ricky Dick and autos overall are scarce cards, but you know, I, 
I am a believer that I would prefer the numbered card over a 1010 auto grade of of just of just anybody really. So Carter, here's the same card of Joe Burrow, both in a graded PSA slab. So this is a playoff rookie ticket auto from contenders. This is serial numbered out of 99 on card auto from Joe Burrow. The raw one sold on June 26 in auction for 3,350 authenticity guarantee. The graded one in a PSA nine slab auto 10 sold for 2,875 on June 6, which I mean, not a big, big gap uh, beginning of June, end of June. So interesting because that's, I mean, that's a pretty big difference, man. That's a yeah. $500, $500 difference, $600 difference. Yeah. And that's very interesting to me. Like if the number one here went 10, 10, that's probably what a no less than $4,500 card. If it's a 10, 10, wouldn't you think? Yeah, I would, I would have to, I would have to guess. So, and look, yeah. that same card in May during the draft hype cycle, 6,000. Yeah, that's that's the draft hype cycle, man. People have got to understand how powerful that draft hype cycle is. I mean, we, we talked about this uh, before the show, but and we talked about this on previous shows. But, I mean, for a lot of guys, cards did spike in September of 2020 after the initial sports card boom at the beginning of the season. That's when people were like, oh, wow, the beginning of the season is massive. Uh, but then in 2021, the draft hype cycle was even more massive for a lot of guys. All the people that played well throughout 2020 season, once Super Bowl's done, their cards just appreciated like crazy into the draft. Uh, and then we saw that again this year as well. So uh, this leads into our next topic here before we get into plays of the week and hobby tips of the week. QB markets overall, Andy, you know, it's it's heating up and it's a thing of beauty. It very much is heating up, um, you know, so like according to VintageCardPrices.com, a, a lot of what we've seen lately for the top 100 has been vintage cards. But now we're seeing people reach on even like absolute grades. You can see prices for Justin Herbert's base absolute rookie card in 910 format are up. These cards are up almost 100 percent. People are That's reaching. Crazy. Yeah, people are just reaching more on cards. You, you'll you'll now see, you know, the Josh Allen's. The Patrick Mahomes base, uh, you know, rated rookie BGS 9.5 up 100% from the previous transaction. Base Black Prism for Justin Herbert, PSA 9 up 105% from the last transaction. Um, of course, Baker Mayfield is seeing the largest spike in terms of volume. Now, there's certain cards where his resale value has gone up tremendously. There, this is one, just one specific example where the previous transaction was at like $150 for this select premier silver PSA 10 and the and the most recent one that just occurred this past week was for $650 a confirmed transaction to buy it now so that's a huge increase and and you can see this in Baker Mayfield's volume like his volume is only behind Joe Burrow Justin Herbert his week over week buy it now graded card sold volume on eBay is up 492% that's 148 transactions in the past 7 days Sheesh for Baker Mayfield, who we know can't play. So I made a play on a Baker Mayfield. I'm still trying to sell it. The cards will dinged up, but um, but yeah, I, I'm a guy who got in before the Baker news cycle, and it's crazy what people are doing right now for Baker Mayfield cards. And that's the thing: if you can grab a QB before his hype cycle, uh, it could be a profitable thing for you. Now. It could also lose you a lot of money, and a lot of you Jordan Love collectors know about this. Huh? 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 Uh, so yeah, it and not to use a pun here, sometimes those prices could already be baked in. You get it, Andy? Baked in? <laughs> yeah, and and uh, baked in, and um, I think that there is potential if you can find Baker Mayfield rookie card prices under what the recent comps are. Like I'm not saying to. To, to reach for anything here. But if you can get it under what the, these recently sold comps are at this price level that we're seeing uh, liquidate here at this, this hype spike, then there is a chance because they do have a revenge game week one against the Cleveland Browns. We know Carolina's roster is pretty, pretty solid. 
And there's a chance, there's a chance that Baker Mayfield could come out guns blazing against his former team. And that could create quite a bit of hype. Uh, they then place the Giants in week two. They play the Giants in week two. So we could potentially see Carolina coming out of the, the gates pretty hot here. Um, or, or I think they play the, the Saints week two. Their first three games are the Browns, the Saints, and the Giants. I can't remember which week the, the Giants and the Saints were. But I think those games are winnable. It's potential there, right? I mean – I looked at Baker Mayfield's 2020 numbers, like his efficiency numbers, his completion percentages were all like really good. They're, I mean, top 10. Um, so I, I think that there's a chance for Baker Mayfield to get some revenge here and, and we could see prices go up even a little bit more. There's nothing quite like a comeback story, but what makes a comeback story even spicier is when that person was wronged. And there was, without reasonable doubt, Baker Mayfield was done bad by Cleveland. And we understand why Cleveland did it to get their, you know, franchise quarterback or whatnot. But people like that. People people sink their teeth into comeback stories, but in particular, comeback stories that involve people that are surrounded by a controversial situation. And that is exactly what Baker Mayfield's in right now. People love a good narrative. So – uh, I'm very interested in in Baker Mayfield's uh, market for sure. Yeah, and you see people, Carter, um, you know, looking at another quarterback situation that is potentially wide open for them to pick up somebody, but all the signs indicate that they're not the Seattle Seahawks. So you see people buying Drew Lock cards. Like I was looking at the uh, just looking at the volume for Drew Lock. It's up. 666.67% week over week buy it now volume. 23 graded cards for Drew Locke sell in the last week. Um, oh, even uh, I saw Jacob Eason right here. Jacob Eason's had six. And it's just because people are trying to speculate and, and put ex some exposure out there on who the potential starting quarterback could be for the Seattle Seahawks this year. Just it's starting quarterback hype, period, is what it is. People are trying to because they know if they can get a $5, $10 PSA 10 card with any kind of, of liquidity to it of a guy that gets a starting job they can sell it and flip it off of hype just getting a starting job even if the team's going to be bad or they run the ball 500 times a season they're just you know that's what they're trying to play that that qb carousel game i love it so be on the lookout uh for quarterbacks once again i still think there is a little window for you to get kyler and lamar Look for those two guys. We've seen Kyler play at an MVP level for more, for more than a month at a time. If he puts it all together and goes on an MVP run, you never know what can happen. We've already seen what Lamar could do. So once again, look for those prices and uh, try your best to, to make a move potentially. Now we get into hobby tip of the week. Andy, I'll start. Uh, I kind of referenced it a little bit earlier. Um, Whenever you're buying a card, always click on the name of the person that you bought from. Now, why should you do that? Well, this is a good tip. I learned this from Kaladesi in our um, our Discord, and it makes perfect sense because you can combine shipping on a deal, right? So I like Arden Key. He's one of LSU's best pass rushers of all time. He's not – Popular. He's with the Jaguars now, had a comeback season with uh, the 49ers. And he's not even really that popular of an LSU player, but I'm running uh, my full time job is obviously an LSU YouTube channel where there's Arden Key fans. So I give autograph Arden Key cards or just autograph cards to everybody. And I was able to win two auctions in a bulk deal for Arden Key autograph cards. And I got 12 autographed Arden Key cards for uh, 25 bucks shipped altogether, which is ridiculous, right? That's absolutely ridiculous. All on card autographs, and you know it's it's great. People love people love autographed cards. Whenever I give an autographed card, people freaking love it. And it's because I clicked on the guy's name and I saw that he had another deal for Arden Key cards that were ending at the same time. And then I saw he had a few other LSU cards that I was like, okay, since, you know, they're going to combine the shipping, eBay, eBay does the invoicing or whatever. Um, 
it was it, it it turned out to be a very good deal for me. It was a good deal for him because those cards aren't really that liquid, right? That there there's not going to be a lot of people searching for R and key cards. So if you are a collector of like an of an obscure player, kind of like with the Ty and Matthew thing earlier, click on the name and you never know. What if somebody was just looking at the blue wave refractor because the algorithm pushed it because it had more bids? If they had just clicked on the name, they would have saw the black refractor ending for a third of the price. Uh, so always click the person's name because they might have more cards of the same person. Um, and, and you can either get a deal or you can find a better card and put your money towards that one. Mm, I love that strategy. I love that strategy, by the way, because I'm, I'm all about that kind of that kind of fits into my philosophy perfectly. And I, I think my hobby tip of the week this week, Carter, is just going to be to look at the new release schedule. Um, Optic, yeah, Optic has been moved back up now to just here in like 10 days. We'll see if that pans out. Um, there's also 2021 Chronicles. So this is Chronicles for last year's rookies uh, coming out tomorrow. So that I do not see moving. Uh, I think the Optic maybe, maybe now kind of like Select has now been pushed out to middle of August, which is which is crazy. But uh, so that's the current schedule right now. Also, look at 2022 Chronicles, which has college ticket autos. It's also got Select in flight uh, rookie autos for guys that uh, you may be interested in. Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, Drake London, uh, Traylon Burks. Um, and all these skill position guys from the recent draft, it's going to be based on draft pedigree. So all the guys that were drafted in like the first three rounds are getting um, are getting autograph cards, getting cards that have the NFL design to them, but in their college licensed product. Uh, and so this is interesting products, $150 hobby box. It's like uh, you get three autos in the hobby box. So that's interesting, but the singles are in the wild on eBay. There's a lot of transactions. Like I, I just saw a Traylon Burks non-numbered college ticket auto. That's it's a sticker auto, but it sold for fifty dollars, which is still quite a bit of uh, of money. Um, yeah. For for a guy who's not even practicing right now because of his his breathing issues. So stay tuned for the outtakes. You'll hear my hot takes about Traylon Burks, um, but. Yeah, I'm a big contenders fan, right? Huge contenders, actually. I love ripping it I because I love college uniform cards. Um, I know the whole spiel about college uniform versus pro uniform cards. Man, I just love it. As being an SEC fan, even though I'm not a, a Razorback fan, it is cool uh, to to see these cards in Traylon Burke's Arkansas uniform. Um, so, yeah, that is it's, it's pretty pretty dope now uh for play of the week for me um you know i my my play of the week i actually kind of shared it a, li a little bit earlier kyler lamar we all know quarterbacks is where you're going to make the most money it's also where you got to spend the most money to make the most money so once again i keep going back kyler lamar kyler lamar kyler lamar right um you see these lists every year, like preseason top 10 quarterback rankings. And everybody's top seven has Burrow, Herbert, Allen in some kind of order, along with Brady, Rodgers, Mahomes, and Stafford, right? That seems to be a very popular top seven. But, you know, Kyler Lamar is just right there. They should be in every top 10. And I, I've seen those guys. I've seen one of them win an MVP. I've seen another... I mean, Kyler was the MVP favorite, right, uh, to, to to start the season. I still think both of those guys are special. I still think those guys, even if they don't play at an MVP level this year, at some point they will again. And they play a very exciting brand of football. They both have an iconic style. In other words, if you were to just watch them play, but you couldn't see the name or the number. If it was just a silhouette of them playing, you could recognize who they are immediately. So that's why I'm always going to be a fan of those two guys because those two guys, Kyler, the undersized, uh, Energizer Bunny, and Lamar, legit one of the biggest, most exciting football players of all time, no matter the era, right? 
I, I just love both of those guys. I, I, I really, really do. So be on the lookout for that. Um, you know, I, I'm buying Kyler Autos. I bought one at a show, three-color patch, on-card auto, limited, uh, for, for 300 bucks. And the Joe Burrow version of that card is going for well over 1000 Justin Herbert, well over 1000 I'm not saying Kyler is as good as those guys, but he can play as good as those guys. And he's in the realm of those guys if he keeps it all together. So, yeah, I'm still a big fan of those two QBs. I really am. Uh, I mean, yeah, I can't argue. And, and Lamar looks like he is bulked up, man. Dude, he looks – I'm glad – his arms are, are cannons now. I like it, man. Huh? 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 So, so my my play of the week is is going to go back to a, an, another quarterback, but I'm going back to a guy that hasn't really been talked about a whole lot. Like, I mean, the hype is cool. He sometimes gets reached on in, in fantasy drafts. Like, people are going and reaching on this guy in top ten. And I just can't get off of this opening schedule. And that's Jalen Hurts with the Philadelphia Eagles, man. Uh, this opening schedule is so juicy. They're at the Lions. They get the Vikings at home, at the Commanders, and then the Jags at home. Like, with the improved defense, with A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith, Miles Sanders, Jalen Hurts is the type of guy who can burn people on the ground with his legs. He's been working with a new quarterbacks coach this year, new throwing coach. He's apparently got some new throwing mechanics they're ready to unveil. And he's a guy who's charted uh, well above average. Like he should earn himself. Like if he can take a step forward in his passing game, watch out Carter, because I think we could see a big um, value increase in the average resale value of his cards across the board. I brought it up before. You've made money on Jalen Hurts cards in the past. Might as well try for it again, man. All three of the quarterbacks, you know, we mentioned today. Oh, look at that. He got outbid. I, I did. It. I was I, I just saw <laughs> I Yeah, just I, saw I saw it flash. Well, what were you what was your what was your top bid? I put in 80 on it because it was at it was actually at 60 when I pulled this up because I was like, Jalen Hurts is my play of the week. And so I wanted to look. And I was like, man, dude, this is at 60. It's getting ready to end in two minutes. There's no way. Like, I, I, we're still going to be on this live stream. So I threw in a quick bid only to get uh, only oh, to get did out. Did I bid distract you? Were you going to go higher than 80? No, no. I was, I was, I mean, I was trying to snipe it. You know, mm. I was trying to snipe it. And, and without doing any quick comps, I knew this was well undervalued. Probably even 91, still well undervalued for that 10 grade you know, from CSG, but, and I think that someone like, I've got a CSG, um, CSG, I get these three letter acronyms mixed up. I have an SGC 10 optic hollow Tua that I've gotten offers on at 150 and I've got it listed at 200. So I was kind of using that in my back of my mind for what to value this at. Um, And I probably could have gone a hundred, but I tried to snipe it at 80 and it, it, there was some competition there the last few seconds. Hmm. I distracted you from a snipe doing this crazy little show, but that's fine. Yeah. Look, here's what I think about Jalen Hurts. I like it a lot. I really do. I think he is, I think he is very, very good. And you can make money on very, very good quarterbacks in this hobby. Um, Derek Carr was my guy last offseason, and he did not let me down. I've never, I've never lost money on a Derek Carr. Never. I know that that sounds crazy. I know that that doesn't make a lot of sense. But all Derek Carr does is put up numbers. That's all he does. Well, he doesn't win. I don't care. At least he's out there playing. Current players matter. They move the needle. Okay? Now, how good that current player plays? It's up in the air. But for me, I've I've done well with Derek Carr. Plays for an iconic brand. And still... If he were to lead the Raiders to the Super Bowl, that would be the craziest hype cycle from a guy that's never really made a Pro Bowl to, wow, his cards are doing that, that we've seen, right? We saw, you know, Matthew Stafford cards didn't go to the moon per se, but if the Raiders, the freaking Raiders, do you know how much nostalgia would hit everybody if the Raiders made you know a super bowl run this year the year after john madden's passing uh you know that iconic raiders logo 
we miss the Raiders being great. I mean, we, we really do. Um, so yeah, I mean, Carter, guess, guess where the Super Bowl's at this year. Oh, yes. So, um, wouldn't that be, wouldn't that be some people would be screaming the NFL is rigged if it's, <laughs> if it's another home Super Bowl game again this year. That would and be know, wild. And I know the AFC West is the AFC West. I totally get it. I, I understand it. But that Raiders roster is loaded, loaded. Top five skill position guys on offense, no doubt. Okay. Mm-hmm. Offensive line. Should be a little bit better. Derek Carr, we'll see. He is still, to me, a top 15 quarterback. And then defensively, yeah, defensively, they have a lot of issues, right? But they got a pass rush now. You get Chandler Jones across from Max Crosby. That's really good. Back seven is is not the best. We'll see what happens there. They got a good kicker. Obviously, the McDaniels coaching change. But, Andy, this was a fun episode. Thanks, everybody, subscribing. Please comment down below your thoughts on scarcity versus the grade. If you're watching this or if you're listening to this via podcast, let us know. Come join our uh, Football Cards Patreon, patreon.com slash football cards. Get you access to the Discord where we had a pretty fun debate about that. So make sure you check it out. Andy, fun episode, my brother. Yeah, man. It's heating up, bro. I can't wait. Two a days starting in just a week. Let's go. go. Peace out, guys. Let's go. Uh, Let's see if I can get this thing going. The fancy cam could get a little weird. Um, Fancy cam. Here we go. It's coming on now. Got to warm it up, man. You got to talk sweet to it. I know. I know. Um, Can't guard Mike, dude. I, Dude, the rumors that he's going to retire. I wouldn't. It Nothing would shock me about him at this point. I've never seen anything football related more accurate than this tweet. There's nothing that has ever been tweeted in the world of football Twitter that is more accurate than this. Okay. Typical QB tweet. Love my teammates. God is good. Running back tweet. Keep grinding. Tight end tweet. Derp. Wide receiver tweet. The enemy speaks kindly and holds a knife. Uh, (laughs) I've never. And here's the thing. It's a very online tweet, right? Unless you're on Twitter a good bit, you won't get this joke. Right. But it's very, very, very true. The different types of tweets you get from different players. So that that first tweet is like Russell Wilson to a T, Carson Wentz to a T. Um, obviously not Tom Brady. Tom Brady's the best Twitter account of all time. Uh Drew Brees to a certain extent and Bryce Young, right? Bryce that, Young. Every, every tweet is like that. Every running back tweet is just like, keep grinding. And then obviously tight ends, derp, that's just great. But the last one is actually the most true one. The enemy speaks kindly and holds a knife. Okay. (laughs) Every wide receiver gets so unbelievably philosophical and very, very vague with their tweets. It's like, it's always one of these 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 grand almost metaphysical statements right and what's funny is it's like it's also in college right some of my favorite college receivers have tweeted like this before um odell tweets like this is as well at times and michael thomas is his his twitter account is is just that (laughs) and uh deontay johnson's twitter account it's like that as well. Now, uh, let's let me see. Can't guard Mike's. Uh, I take my hardships and turn it into motivation. 
you will never be criticized by someone who's doing more than you. You'll only be criticized by someone who is doing less than you. Remember that? That's actually that's actually pretty true. Um, uh, blind leading the blind. <laughs> and I love me some Michael Thomas. I do, but I you ne- you never know what's coming next. And what I think next year is I actually do think he's going to come back and I do think he's going to play at a pro bowl level. Uh, it's, it's, it's pretty crazy. And I, I, there's a lot of reasons why I like Michael Thomas, right? He is a true alpha personality. He is a true go get it wide receiver. He is also someone that's done a lot of really good things in the New Orleans community with his uh, his donations, money, turkey drives, toy drives, all those things. So I don't I don't mind taking you know uh, the 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 vague tweets or whatever. It's not even really a criticism. Tweet however you want to tweet or anything like that. My point is, you you never know what's going to happen because of what happened this last summer, right? Where was it the Saints? Was it the was it Michael Thomas? Why wasn't he healthy? So on and so on and so on. And you know, for me, I think he's going to come back. I don't think he's going to retire. I don't. Um, and I still think he's got gas left in the tank. I really do. What about you? Well, it's good because I've got quite a few of his cards. I don't know, man. I don't. I'm not nearly as close to the uh, Saints situation and Michael Thomas. But I, I mean, I saw that clip of him like doing like a box jump where he looked really rough that's kind of like the only thing that i've seen recently i I saw that and uh, and some of these twitter um analysts were like hey that's not good Uh, i don't care i don't care about a box jump months before the season i just don't like yeah it's just not something i'm gonna overreact to um plus the the hype for chris olave is heating up yeah well here's the thing like you know, going back to the Twitter thing, once again, I don't care, like, how you tweet. I care about how you play or whatever. It's just, you know, if you're an organization and you read that, you, you have no idea what that means, right? So that's why actions speak louder than words, right? If he comes out a few weeks before and looks semi-decent healthy, play him and, and we'll see what happens. Now, I will say this. I think one thing that's going to help him is all the older guys the Saints have on their roster. They do have an older roster. And you bring in Jarvis Landry, who's in his position group. You draft Chris Olave, who's his buddy, right? Uh, people forget Olave's a little bit older. You know, he stayed the whole full four seasons. Now, did him and Michael Thomas ever play together? I don't think so. I think Alave came in the year after Thomas uh, played his final year, but I, I, I think, I think that's going to help out. Like Michael Thomas couldn't ask for a better situation than what he's in right now. Does right. he have the absolute best quarterback in the world thrown to him? No, but Jameis is decent and. Now Jarvis Landry's in that room. Yeah, Jarvis Landry doesn't get you fired up, you know, then nobody is. The one thing you always know about Jarvis Landry, and this is why I'm a big Jarvis Landry fan, you know everywhere he's going to go, he's going to play hard. He's going to play a thousand million percent. And I could say that about him more than any other LSU player. I've, I've seen it in college. I've seen it throughout his NFL career. And this is arguably Jarvis Landry's best quarterback he's ever played with. And I know he's what 29, 30 years old. I know, I know Jarvis is older. I know he's older and I know he's not a deep receiver. I know he's not a speed receiver and he doesn't have the, that that much gas left in the tank, but I'm drafting Jarvis a little bit more. I think in best ball leagues recently for this reason, I don't think Alave is a year one guy. I don't. And also, I've gotten some blowback as a Saints fan for this. I would not have taken Chris Alave. Would not have taken Chris Alave. I don't think Chris Alave 
was their best option. And they had to give up a lot to trade up to get them, right? They had to give up uh, whatever the assets were. I still think, despite the asthma, despite the <laughs> out of shape, despite he's 250 pounds, I don't care. Traylon Burks is going to be the best receiver in this class, and I don't think it's going to be close. I really don't. I well, think if they were practicing in the dome, the pollen wouldn't be affecting them so much, right? <laughs> but maybe it's uh... – Traylon Burks is really good at football. That's all I got to say. He's really, really good. Now, I understand I'm in SEC country. All my all my best friends went to Arkansas. I'm not a Razorback. I'm just not. I I could I could care less about any Razorback player personally. I'm just really high on Traylon Burks. So, for instance, Andy, if I were doing a draft, okay. So I have a a tweet that backs this up from when they were still all at Alabama. I said if uh, this was before Jalen Waddell's third year at Alabama, and he just had a breakout game versus Auburn, and he had this – did you ever see this? Jalen Waddell had this legendary game versus Auburn, and they lost, and he was ridiculous. Like he he mossed a guy. uh, Mac Jones is that quarterback and all this. And I said, Jalen Waddle's going to be the best professional receiver out of these four Bama guys. And I got so many messages from people. No, you don't know what you're talking about. It's Judy or whatever. And I was like, guys, I, I really do think Waddle's special. And I think if you were to pick one, Andy, you would, even though Judy's got a new quarterback, we'll see what happens. Rugs, obviously, you know. And then uh, Jerry, uh, now we'll see Devonta Smith going into year two. But wouldn't you wouldn't you say Jalen Waddle's got the best chance to be the best one? Yeah, man, he broke out last year. I mean, that's big time. I was right about that. Now I was wrong about this. I thought Judy, I my wide receiver board going into twenty twenty was Judy one, CD two, Jefferson three, and I was wrong about that. Mm-hmm. I should have just put my guy number one, and I would have been right. But last year, my board was um, – well, two years ago was Chase, Waddle, Gap, Devonta Smith. How they actually went was how I actually had them. But if you were to combine both this last wide receiver class and this wide receiver class, I would go Chase, Waddle, and then Traylon Burks, and then – Devonta Smith. Interesting. I, I, I'm, I'm interested to see what Drake London's going to do. Um, obviously, bigger receiver should be uh, a little word about the quarterback play. I think Kyle Pitts is really special. I believe the Kyle Pitts hype. Um, how do you feel about Garrett Wilson? I, I heard you. I heard you talking yeah. about him on the other uh, with our guy Paul Hickey. Yeah, I mean, I, I think when I when I look at them on paper, like Garrett Wilson is very, very similar to Chris Olave. Very similar, man. Uh, it's like they're almost clones of one another. But uh, obviously, I think Chris Olave goes to a better quarterback situation. Obviously, more experience Jameis has got. You know, if they let him cook, if they let Jameis cook, you know, he could – it could fit well with Chris. Like I could see it because Jarvis Landry and Michael Thomas are real similar, right? And then Chris Olave is more of a speed guy, downfield threat. Uh, but Garrett Wilson, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I really like Elijah Moore. I think Elijah Moore is going to command targets in that offense. They still have Corey Davis. So it's going to be really interesting to see if Zach Wilson takes a step here, step forward here in the second year, you know? We haven't talked much about uh, Jahan Dotson. Mm. Yeah, man. He's making a lot of buzz in camp. And a that lot. guy looked incredible whenever I was watching his his college highlights. Like, he made some incredible catches and stuff. And it's just – I'm, I'm puzzled with Washington's whole game plan. I, I get Carson Wentz is an upgrade, but, I mean, man. Like, for him, I don't think he's going to be able to feed more than – 
a one relevant wide receiver. Like, look at him in, in Indianapolis. I mean, yeah, Michael Pittman was great, but that was about it. So, you know, how are you going to spread the ball around between Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, Curtis Samuel, you know? One of those guys is going to command target, and Terry McLaurin's already proven to be really freaking good, you know, and he just got a solid contract extension. So it'll be interesting to see what kind of uh, connection Jahan Dotson can build with Wentz and, like, who he gravitates towards. I don't think Wentz can feed more than one relevant household name wide receiver. (laughs) And it's like, you know, Washington should have drafted a big body guy, like – Jahan Dotson's almost a clone of Terry McLaurin in a lot of ways. Like they're very similar style of players. They got a lot of speed, but they don't have size. Like the only size they have is Logan Thomas and they're tied in. Like they don't have, you know, a true X style receiver. They need a big body receiver. I wonder what do you think about Traylon Burks? Are you, are you, are you buying my height? Ah, oh, man, I'm nervous about him, dude. I'm not going to lie. Cause he's not yeah, out there be practicing. Honest. Be honest with me. I'm nervous. He's got can't breathe. And now he's not at, he's not even at practice because of this situation. So how's he going to build chemistry with Tannehill? You got Robert Woods coming off an ACL. Hopefully he's practicing with Tannehill. But it's like um maybe uh you know, he might he might be the wide receiver 3 this year based on just practice and rapport with the quarterback and understanding the playbook and everything else and they already planned, I'm sure, run Derrick Henry 300 times again this year. So it's like between that and then already having rapport with uh, Nick Westbrook-Ikeen and uh, Des Fitzpatrick and Robert Woods having so much good NFL experience, like he's just a really good wide receiver, just solid. I don't know where Traylon Burks is going to fit in. Plus you got um, Austin Hooper, who's a solid tight end, who's apparently making a lot of buzz at camp with Tannehill. So I don't know, man. I don't. I'm nervous about. I have. I have Traylon Burks and Chris Olave on my dynasty team. Good. One of my dynasty um, leagues. I'm telling everybody buy the dip. Buy the yeah. dip right now. I'm telling. Look. Do you know? Uh, here's my thing about this. Do you know how many people won fantasy leagues last year buying the Jamar Chase dip? A lot, <laughs> a lot. Uh, I mean, I mean, it, 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 millions. Think about all the millions of dollars that that really, like, probably, probably tens of millions of dollars, right? If you add everything together and know that Jamar Chase won so many leagues, and the reason why he slid down so many drafts is because of the preseason drop things. I mean, if you like, I had a best ball league where I had him and Cooper Cup. Uh, on the same team, obviously won that best ball league. Wow. So I'm telling you, this is, and, and this is just like, this has nothing to do really with Traylon Burks, like as a player, it's just an idea where if you draft him where he's being drafted right now, and let's just say he's not even Jamar Chase, but he's still really good. You're, and let's just say he is the number one guy in that offense. That That's the difference between you and winning a lot of fancy it's very uh, true. And I, I'm, I'm just going with my evaluation. And I'm drafting him in nearly every best ball league that I'm in. If he if he, if he he keeps sliding, um, I don't remember even the number around. I'm not a good enough – I'm not Derek Richard. I'm not a good enough fantasy guy. I didn't like the specific round. But if he keeps falling, I'm taking him. I'm taking I think you could probably get him, like, depending on the, the format of the league, right, super flex or standard – if it was a standard QB dynasty startup, I mean, I still think he's going to slide to like seven, eighth round, maybe tenth round, tenth, tenth to twelfth round in a superflex league. Gobble him up. Um, you never know. In some of these like home leagues and stuff, people may he may slide to the teens be, just because there's absolutely no buzz about him. You know. Let's see. The the news on in fact the news is negative about him. So like I'm looking at his cards um you know one thing i do want to talk about is this new chronicles product out is it, is it draft picks it's draft picks so it's licensed college product yeah. and it's um it's doing i mean it's doing pretty well i think because a lot of the designs look they look just like the nfl designs i think oh, that's something that, that looks sick that looks really nice 
Yeah, so you got um, this is the impeccable draft picks. Then you got the college ticket. That's nice. Out of twenty five there for fifty seven that sold. Oh man, I'd make love to that card. Wow, fifty seven out of fifty seven dollars out of twenty five. Yeah, out of twenty five college ticket auto. Uh, probably a sticker, but maybe on card. Yeah, so there's those Moxie cards in this set that I was I was um, sharing with you the other night before you went live that were um, some of them are game worn jerseys. I found the Justin Jefferson that one I was looking at was only the front. The other one I I found another one that had the back and it said player worn. It didn't say game worn. But then they had a Terrell Davis, a Terrell Davis in his uh, college uniform. He went to Georgia. Yeah, he's a dog. And and it said game worn. It said game worn, game used on the back of the patch, and it sold for like ten bucks. Now these aren't serial numbered, but uh, this one is this this. But I was talking about those Chronicles Moxie cards. That's a sticker auto, but still, I mean, uh, this is like yeah. a, I think a flippable product. His rookie ticket auto for NFL is not going to be out till next year. You know, <laughs> at this rate. The thing is, it's like the Arkansas's got like just the craziest fan base. They got the most loyal fan base because there's no professional sports teams. There's no other major team other than Arkansas that's mm. in like the mainstream. That's a good point. If, if Burks goes off, there are going to be Arkansas people that are really going to want his stuff, right? Like me as an LSU fan, I'm spoiled. I got three guys on one team that are going to make the Hall of Fame. 77. Active players in the NFL are from LSU right now. It's unreal. 77. And it's not just it's not just you know slouches. A lot of these guys are like stars. Not not just stars, like you know, Odell is like a global star. Um, you know, some of the stories I've heard about him, like like I, I don't obviously I don't hang around celebrities. I don't know any of you hang around celebrities a lot, but I, I did have a celebrity tell me this recently um, that when Odell walks in the room, everything just stops. He's got this superstar quality. And what's really interesting is like that's not reflected in, in card prices at all, right? You could still put together a pretty nice Odell Beckham Jr. collection and make yourself, uh, make yourself a little money. I'm, t- I'm telling you, and I've sold off all my Odell stuff. I've decided not to collect them, and I, I've put that into uh, Tyron Matthew. Look at that. PSA 10, $39.99, base rookie. That's not bad. Yeah, it's, it's the bad. injury, man. I mean, I, I think he could, he could be back starting in the Super Bowl again. Oh, no doubt. And yeah. rookie refractor right there, $0.99. Cents. I know that some of his his really rare stuff though is probably still selling for a lot of money, but not not nearly as much as you would think. Not as much as you would think of a global superstar, right? Yeah. There's not many NFL players that are global superstars. Obviously, Brady's one of them because the NFL is not a global product. But the thing that makes Odell very interesting is I do think he still has the most Instagram followers of any. NFL player. He's definitely the biggest star that is not a quarterback. Like in terms of like Drake, Rihanna, like those kind of names. I've always found him to be very, very, very interesting. Um, I'm always going to be an Odell fan. I am. I, I've just decided to collect Tyron Matthew and Jeremy Hill. And then obviously, you know, I want to collect them. Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow, when I actually start making some money again. And, uh, yeah, it's interesting. Well, look at that one right there. One of one shield game worn. Let's see if it's actually game worn and see if they got a photo on the back. One of one national treasures. Oh, in the Rams Jersey. That's kind of clean. All right. Let's see if it's actually game worn. No. Lied. They lied. They lied. That's why you got to read the you got to read the description. Yeah, I was about to say there's no way that it was a game worn Rams jersey because there's probably he played what like ten games with the Rams maybe. Yeah. yeah.
I wonder where his Super Bowl jersey is, Odell. Because, uh, look, here's what's interesting about Odell's Super Bowl jersey is, you know, he got hurt at halftime. So my, I'm a big game-worn jersey guy now, Andy. Like, this Jeremy Hill game-worn jersey just makes me want to get more game-worn jerseys. And the story, before we start recording here, the story that I'm always fascinated about, okay, is the Tom Brady game-worn jersey uh, saga. From the Super Bowls, you know what I'm talking about? Tom Brady game worn jersey. Oh yeah, with the uh, the the reporter. Uh, he's like an, a journalist from Mexico. He stole it not once but twice. Stole it twice, and Tr- and the kid recognized. Like there was a kid that recognized him because he was selling something else, right? And, and... I don't remember how they called him, but I will never forget that. And my thing is, what what was his plan? How was he going to sell it? How was he going to authenticate it? I, I, I don't know what his end game was other than just to collect it for his own PC. <laughs> yeah, he had a whole collection when he got busted by the FBI. It was a kid that tipped him off because uh, the the kid thought thought he was fishy, like how how he got this stuff like I don't, there was some type of communication between the kid and this guy and he was purchasing something or selling something to him that he had actually gotten it was uh maybe a football or a helmet or something and um so the kid actually sent this anonymous tip to the fbi and that's what ended that, that's how they brought him down and they found him he had this he had like a whole room that had all kinds of yeah like two super bowl jerseys tom brady like all kinds of different memorabilia that had been stolen what Probably each one of those jerseys are no less than 500k each. No less. No, mm-hmm. no less. Like, man, God, I would do anything. I would do anything to 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 buy like Jamar Chase's Super Bowl jersey or Joe Burrow's Super Bowl jersey. That would be cool, man. I, I'm 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 addicted to game worn material. Especially I when know. they get the grass stains on there and stuff. Oh, I know. Yeah, I know. that's sick. It uh, looks like it's game worn. Yeah. Dude, there's nothing like Get a little it, blood man. on there. Get a little blood. <laughs> oh, man. It's still crazy, like the uh, Joe Burrow giving Kid Cuddy that autographed jersey, uh, the AFC Championship game. And Kid Cuddy wore it to the Super Bowl ward in the post game Super Bowl concert. And I'm like, Kid Cudi, it's it's crazy. You're walking around with a $500,000 jersey on your back. I mean, you could have sold the Burrow jersey probably during that hype window for a million. But, uh, All right. All right, sir. <laughs> Football cards, collecting and investing, we do it every week here. 